You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Fall Weather, and I'm your co-host for What Were You Thinking on Pet Life Radio. And your other co-host is my wife, Linda. Hello. Good to be back with you. Now, I haven't done... Uh, our show today is going to be on hens as pets. Um, I could just say chickens, but I'm going to say hens because we haven't really kept roosters or been happy with the one rooster that we did keep. So, hens as pets. Before we go into that... I want to mention that it seems like it's been a few weeks since we've had a new show. The reason for that is that I had to do a writer's workshop in Florida, and even though it was only three days, it took me quite a while to prepare for that, and it kind of threw my schedule off. I had to do a presentation on podcasting, of all things, and that's sort of like asking an ostrich to talk about how to fly. But I did it anyway, and this was at the University of Tampa. While I was in Florida, I got the chance to go birding. Lee Siegel and Judy Hopkins, who are members of the St. Petersburg chapter of the National Audubon Society, were kind enough to take me out birding. We went to Fort DeSoto, which is south of St. Petersburg. And altogether, between that and between staying at my bed and breakfast in Gulfport, I racked up 31 new species of birds, and it was it was just wonderful. That quite is so wonderful. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that. I'm back here now, though. Before we start talking about uh, the hens, we're going to talk about a new bird that we have. Linda, you want to talk about Otis a little bit? Yeah, there was a, there's an older lady from my church who her boyfriend, Jean, has a brother that lives not too many miles away. She called me one day and asked me if we would take a bird that he has um, because his wife got in a car accident and she couldn't very, it was really her bird. She couldn't very well take care of it anymore and they wanted to find a new home for it, somebody who would take really good care of it and let it fly around because the other person they talked to that would agree to take it, we're going to get their wings clapped and not let it fly, him fly around and um, he didn't want that. So anyway... We agreed to take the bird, and they brought him over, and Bob named him Otis, and he is a dove similar to our ringneck dove, Howard, but he doesn't have the ringneck. He's pure white. I don't know what you call that kind of dove. But he has a personality almost identical to Howard in that he loves flying around, hooting, acting up with Howard, and goofing around, and just being silly, and he's just kind of rowdy, the same way that Howard is. The two of them play together beautifully. He's rambunctious. He uh, loves to knock the, we've got a little basket on top of the refrigerator over near the stove. He loves sitting in that basket, 
tipping it over, knocking it off with all the clothespin, and then flying off uh, hooting. That's that's Otis. He's just a big rowdy dove, and we uh, he came with a great big huge white cage, and he looks real pretty in it. And that's our new dove. When we got Howard, we were told that he was an African ringneck, and subsequently I've heard them called ringneck doves or, or ringneck turtle doves. I suspect Otis is the same bird, even though he doesn't have a ring, and I think it's because he's been bred to be pure white. But yeah, the personality and the voice. The voice is just the same. That, that's what makes me think it. When, when I was in St. Petersburg, I was really shocked to see that the most abundant dove wasn't a morning dove, and at least on the beach area where I was, it wasn't a you know city pigeon, a rock dove. It was a bird that looked exactly like Howard, called a Eurasian collared dove. And even though it looked just like Howard, it's a different species because it made a different kind of sound. The fact that our Otis makes an identical sound to Howard does make me think that uh, he's a ring turtle dove or a yep. ring neck dove or yep. African ring neck, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. They act the same. They do. We're going to talk about hens, hens as pets. I've, uh, when, when I give talks sometimes, people will come up to me who wouldn't consider having any other kind of poultry, and they have said to me before, I, I've been considering you know, get, getting a hen or getting a couple of chickens. And these sometimes are people who live in the city or in a suburban area where normally you wouldn't expect them to be able to have livestock. But I guess there's some places where you can have hens or perhaps you think you can get away with having hens, uh -huh. but they are nice pets. They have very good personalities, and I would say they're easier to keep than ducks, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. They're not so messy. No, for one thing... They don't have to have a, a pool to swim in. That's the main thing. The main thing is that with the ducks, you have to have a pool for them for water, and they really need water to eat. I mean, I, I see them just gobbling up the food, but my understanding is that they do drink quite a bit of water with, with the food that they eat. They and seem to. I have before, when we give treats uh, in the morning, I'll throw lettuce out in the pool, and the ducks just love to fish it out of the pool so mm -hmm. that they get water with it, and I think that's how they feed in nature a lot. Yep. So with hens, it's kind of nice you don't need anything like that. They're not as messy. No. We should talk about housing a little bit and about, because um, I think some people are under the conception that you can have a hen and just have it kind of wandering around your yard all day and maybe... Put it in the barn at night Yeah, or, or thinking it'll fend for itself. So, uh, Linda, what do you, you want to say about housing? My feeling about that, I know people do that. I've heard a lot of people that are even kind people uh, say they do that. But I'll tell you what the downside to that is. There's usually in any neighborhood dogs, and dogs will not leave chickens alone. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. And if you've got chickens running around your yard, the neighborhood dogs are going to find them chickens sooner or later. And especially if you're like we are, and we like all our chickens a lot, we would hate it if something happened to any of our chickens. I just don't think it's a good idea to leave them running around loose unless you got some kind of enclosure around them in the yard so that they're not getting... You can have a mobile pen if you want to, so they got wire around them with the top on it and move it around the yard. That's an idea. But to just let them run around loose all the time and try to get them in the barn at night, I, I just don't think... I think that's risky, and you're just going to sacrifice your chickens to the neighborhood dogs and or 
hawks and other predators, I think. So I think it's better to have a pen that has a top on it, either, either aviary netting or some kind of chicken wire or something, and tall enough to walk in and a, some kind of footing or some wire that comes out to protect from raccoons digging in. You want to have all that. And then you don't have to worry about them. That's the beauty. You do not have to worry about them so much then, and your chickens will have a happier, safer life. There's been a couple of times in, i say, the past few years when uh, Linda and I have been uh, driving. I remember once it was when we were driving to see your mom. Uh, I think we're on M66 going toward Battle Creek. Then there's another time we were on M21 near Ionia. And I remember both these occasions because there were chickens either in the road That's or just right. a few inches from the road. That's right. And in both cases, we stopped and... Tried to find the owners. Tried to find the owners and also shooed the chickens away. And so that is another reason why I don't think it's a good idea to have them just walk around if you are living on or near a, a busy road because maybe 90% of the time they won't go anywhere near the road, but you never know. All of a sudden, if uh, one of them goes there, the others, follow. Might, yeah, the others will think, oh boy, he's got food, she's got food, and they will follow out there. Well, so. you know why they go down there? They go down there to get grit. There's this kind of fine gravel alongside of most roads. And chickens have to have gravel for their gizzard, and they naturally go down there to get this little fine gravel to go in their gizzard, and they're they're attracted to that, and they're not you're not going to stop them from doing that. That's that's what they do. That's right. Is the gizzard the same as the crop? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think either. So. I think so. But at some point in their bodies, uh, they need the gravel to help grind, grind up food because they just. Um, peck seed and they don't break the shells unlike songbirds that'll crack the shells open i think chickens uh will just swallow it whole and then it gets ground up mm -hmm. uh in the in the gizzard i guess so is that howard or otis i think that might have been otis i I'm think not so sure. too that was our new dove he sounds just like yep that's otis yep and before you know it they uh you'll hear howard yeah and they may drown us right out <laughs> How did we get our first hens? Do you remember? Was it that Susan Dews? Yes, one she it was. gave us? Mm -hmm. I had a lady that came and worked uh, in my flower beds. She had some chickens that she thought were too old to produce eggs well. And they, I think she told me they were three years old. She considered that, I think that's what she told me, they were three years old. And she thought that was kind of old for producing eggs, and she wondered if I would be willing to take them. And I said yes. So I believe she brought, was it three of them over? Buffy, I think to start with, she had three. Buffy, Rosie, and, oh, maybe it was four. And then Helen and, and Bren Helen. Brenda and Helen. Yeah, those so were... So maybe it was four. Those were barred rocks. Those yeah, uh, Brenda and Helen were barred rocks. They looked pretty much identical, not exactly, but Buffy was a Buff Orphington, and... Rosie, we Rosie, called a Rhode Island yeah, Red. Yeah, and now he thinks it wasn't a Rhode Island Red. That was something else. Cause what, what's the difference? I don't know. I was looking in, I think it's the Stories Guide to Poultry, to poultry breeds, and they had a bird in there called a Rhode Island Red, and it uh, didn't even look red to me, so I'm not sure what, what the deal is. I, I'm not really real good with uh, uh, chicken breeds. You think it was Isa Brown? Because it was bigger than what I would consider an Isa Brown. I, I don't know what it was. We don't know. There's a few different red ones, isn't there? Mm -hmm. And then we also had Erica, who was an Americana. And Americanas, um, we didn't have her immediately from Susan, but I, but she got 
we got her pretty quick afterwards. And we thought she was an Aracana, but we found out later there's something called an Americana. What is a true Aracana? True, the Aracanas are the original ones. They that are. Came over? It's a uh, South American. Wilder. I believe it's a yeah South American breed, and they just look quite a bit different than the ones you see in America. Kind of skinnier. And the interesting thing about the Americanas, and I guess also about the Aracanas, is that they lay blue eggs. Pale green. Pale green, pale bluish green, different shade. They call them the Easter egg chicken. They lay kind of pastel-y, pale greenish, bluish eggs. And it's really fun to see those in the nest. I was impressed right away with the temperament of the hens. I didn't know what to expect. I always heard people talking about hens being... Uh, not very smart animals and all that kind of thing. I haven't found that at all. I, I found no. them to be a very fun and personable birds to have. I've also talked to people who have had uh, hens even as house pets before, and, and they like them a lot. And I do think a hen would be a lot better choice as a house pet than a duck. Mm -hmm. Not to disparage anyone who keeps no. ducks as house no. pets, because I know there's a people who do that, but I'm just saying they're a little less messy than um, a duck. Exactly. And they don't they don't need the water. No. But um, we've had lots of fun with them. When I go to the barn after dinner, I bring out um, treats. I bring lettuce and some pieces of bread and table scraps, and I am just mobbed. As soon as I open the barn door, I have to, it's like wading through. To fight through, them off. Yeah, it's like wading through a snow drift. I have to just slowly kind of move my feet and push my way through a throng of hens and ducks, all making uh, all kinds of noise, <laughs> not wanting to get their food. We're going to talk about, about some of the hens because there's one named Lucky who sometimes I think there's two or three of her because... She will just dog me. She clings to me like a thistle <laughs> as long as I have food because she doesn't want there to be the slightest opportunity for me to uh, dole out a treat when she's not right there. So most of the hens can be inside, and I'll duck outside the barn just to empty the pool or to close the door, and then I look, and there's Lucky right there. Now, do you put the scraps up on that high ledge by the window so they can't because if I've ever set them down on the lower ledge they will get into them I yeah. do have to set up way up high to keep them from snatching the stuff yeah we have a um I bring the scraps out Linda does the same thing and just a you know a bucket a White pail. bucket pail mm -hmm. and the uh, bread is diced up in little tiny pieces and so is the lettuce cut up mm -hmm. real small and then we have a separate little plastic dish with a lot of corn and uh, any table scraps from non-meat table yeah, scraps we, we from purposely the cook extra corn every night or peas and carrots added to it, or whatever the scraps are left over. But purposely, we cook the corn because they're small, and we just put that in a plastic dish and save it for the next night and make enough so that there's enough for everybody. And, and they love that. And like Linda said, if you don't keep that bucket real high up, you will find a hen in it. In it or beside just, it, uh, sticking their head in it. Yeah, and stuffing themselves. Exactly. They try to get as much as they can. Mm -hmm. Well, we should mention what we feed them, by the way, and that is they get... Something called scratch feed, which is grain and corn. ground corn and grain, but that's not really enough. Uh -uh. It's not nutritional enough. So we supplement it with, is it the crumbles that you mix It's called in? crumbles. It's also sometimes called turkey starter. 
We just crumble a little, or isn't turkey starter? I think the starter is powdered. Oh, okay. It, it's called layer it's called crumbles, crumbles or yeah. crumbles. It's got and a lot of vitamins in it. It's got lots of vitamins, but we also make sure that they get greens every single day, yes, which they is need the greens. lettuce. And, and when they're laying, they need either to be eaten uh, laying mash or else put oyster shell in with their, their food so they get uh, stuff to supplement their body's use of calcium because the eggshell takes a lot of calcium. If you don't put eggshell or give them laying mash that has the uh, oyster shell or something in it, it's going to come out of their bones and you're going to make their bones more fragile. You definitely want to provide for them. Ask the guy at the mill or wherever you buy the stuff from what, what would be their brand of uh, food that would be best for a, a laying chicken. And you are listening to What Were You Thinking with your host Bob and Linda Tart. We're going to take a short break for any commercial messages and we'll be right back to talk more about hens as pets. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Ready to take a walk? Not just you, but your whole family. It's the 2008 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 8th from 9 to 4 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet-related. Whisker Walk 2008, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Greetings, human. What planet 
Meyer. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, I'm Bob Tardigan with Linda, and you are listening to What Were You Thinking? And we're talking about hens. One other thing I wanted to mention about what the hens eat is that we have an arrangement now where we added on in back of our pen uh, we have quite a large pen for them to spend their day in outside behind the barn it's actually two pens it's divided but they can go back and forth but we kind of uh, had a large addition built onto it and our idea is to keep that closed up so that grass grows in it yeah good luck and then uh, when the grass grows we open the door and uh, the fruits of two, three, four weeks of nature are completely depleted within, within five days. Yeah, they, they really go after it. Only the larger plants they can't do anything with. But I've, I've noticed in the past, if you let them out in spring, every single little sprout that comes out of the ground ends up in the hen's stomach. Uh-huh. Well, let's talk about some of the uh, particular characters we've had in the uh, world of hens. Uh, you want to talk about Buffy first? Yeah, I want to mention one more thing about what they eat. They actually like eggs themselves. You get a cracked egg that you can't eat yourself, take it and throw it out in the barnyard. They, all the hens and the ducks absolutely love eggs, and it's good for them because they eat it shell and all. And it's, it's protein, it's good for their bodies, and it's good use of an egg that you can't use yourself. So People who keep hens... For the eggs would never do that because one of the worst disasters that can befall them is to have hens that get tastes for eggs. Yes, you don't want that because then the hen will start eating its own eggs all the you time. You generally just they don't they don't I've tend to do that. that. No, nope, they've never done that. But if you break one, if you throw it out and it's broken, they'll all go after it. And aside from Erica, who lays the um, greenish eggs. Excuse me, not Erica, but we have another one named Lucky, and I assume Lucky does. She's an Erica. Yeah, we, I don't know if we ever too. said she's an Americana. Right. She doesn't look like Erica particularly did, but. All of our other hens lay brown eggs, and it's my understanding that the white eggs are only laid by these large. Wyandots. I don't even know if they're Wyandots, because we had a Wyandot. Did she, lay, did she lay white eggs? I think so. Okay. All right, but it seems to be white hens and also the large white hens that lay white eggs. So we mostly, our hens lay, lay brown kind of beige eggs. beige and brown They're eggs. They're really good eggs, aren't Very, they? Yeah, they have a dark yellow. So let's talk about Buffy, and Buffy was a buff Orpington, and a very... Big fat thing. Yeah, and she was um, 
buff colored, I guess, but I'd say more golden. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you? Really Kinda rich, golden. gold colored. Very pretty. I could never understand if Buffy was a hen genius, working out deep philosophical questions in her head, or if she was the Clueless. hen equivalent of a valley girl. <laughs> because she always had an agenda of her own. I would herd all the other hens in, and everyone would be happy to go in the barn and have their treats. And I was just closing up, and I'd look outside. There's Buffy. There's Buffy standing on a rock with not, a faraway look in her eyes. She's not going anywhere. And I'd have to go and uh, go out of my way to chase her in. And that was often a small disaster because as soon as I stepped out of the barn to get her, bunch of uh, brothers would come. bunch of ducks would uh, come after me, thinking that there was food or, or other hens. For so. some reason, he's out there. And then when Buffy would be back in the barn, I would close the door. And so the barn would be shut, and I would be doling out treats, and all the other hens and ducks would be like a flock of piranhas attacking the food, except Buffy. Buffy would be at the barn door, pecking at the little crack of sunlight that was coming in from the door. I don't know if she wanted to go back out, or if she wasn't that interested in treats. I I'm not sure what it was, but... Um, chubby as she was. She just never ate as much as the rest of them. It didn't seem like. Yeah, but she was a healthy thing. She's she, healthy. Yeah. yeah, she lasted quite a few years. Kind of had pantaloons. Her feathers came down the leg in kind of a fluffy look. It was very, very cute. She was yeah, we, cute I think we called her Miss Pantaloons yeah. sometime. Yeah, yeah but she was funny. Hens, I think, live uh, I, I'll say a maximum of 10 years. I don't think we've had any that long, but I think Erica lived nine. Eight, eight or nine. Maybe nine. Yeah. And um, Rosie lived a long time. And I think that's a reasonable life for a pet when you that's consider right. a lot of people have dogs Guinea that pigs don't only live last two years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and rabbits. You know, you're lucky if you have a rabbit that, last that lasts 10, ten years. years. Yeah, they typically don't. Mm -hmm. We have uh, another nice hen named Lucky. Do you want to tell the Lucky story about how Lucky... First of all, how Lucky got her name and how we ended up with Lucky. Yeah, I don't remember if we told this before or not. No. But Diane, a friend of ours, was at a TSC store, and she was going there to get ducks, wasn't she? Yes, yeah, she, she was. She went she there to get ducks. Ducklings. Ducklings. ducklings and there's these bins with the baby chickies and the baby ducklings. I think this is Quality Farm and Fleet. And oh, that, yeah, it wasn't TSC. It was Farm and, and Fleet. And my understanding is that every spring you can walk into one of those stores and there are a bunch of baby chicks of um, ducks, hens, and I think even things maybe like grouse or pheasants, I think, are Could there. Could be. So anyway, she was looking for, for ducklings, and what happened? She was rummaging around in one of the bins, and then across the bin, it wasn't even the bin she was looking at, it was like a, a few bins away, this uh, chicken kept running across to her, and she would kind of put it back in its little bin and say, no, I don't, I don't want a chicken. I'm, I'm here for ducks. And she put it back once. It came over to her again. She put it back again. It came to her the third time. And I'm pretty sure she said it went on her shoulder. Mm -hmm. That's and what she, she was so taken by that. She decided it was meant to be for her to take this chicken. And she said, you're awfully lucky that I'm taking you. So I'm going to name you Lucky. And as she took it back home, and as it began to grow, she's got mostly all ducks, so it didn't just fit in real well with hers. And so she called me and asked me if we could trade a duck for a chicken. Yeah, we somebody had given us a white pecan, and it was um, 
we didn't have the white pecan for very long, so it wasn't a bird that we had fallen in love with. It, it, was, a, it was a nice duck. And so we knew that Diane wanted a white pecan, so we made the trade. We gave her the white pecan, and we took Lucky. And Lucky is, is just an absolute character. I mentioned about Lucky um, sticking with me all the time like a sandbur. Mm-hmm. And she's she, real fast, too. She's very fast. At the beginning, we weren't even sure what she was. I think uh, Diane thought she was probably a chicken, but uh, when she was uh, young, when she first came to us, I wasn't sure what she was because she had just enormous legs mm-hmm. and feet for her yeah, size. Part roadrunner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of the things Lucky did a little while ago that really shocked me is I went out to the barn at night with the treats, and I had the bucket in my left hand, and in the right hand, I had just taken out a couple pieces of lettuce and uh, a couple pieces, little squares of bread, and I was about to throw them. I had them in my hand at about chest level, and suddenly, Lucky launched herself in the air. She didn't even flap her wings. This was just a jump straight Mm -hmm. up from the floor, Mm -hmm. and she grabbed a piece of bread or lettuce in her beak, and then went down to the floor again with it and ran off with it. Mm-hmm. It was every bit like when you see a trained dolphin <laughs> fly up from the water and take a fish <laughs> from you know trainer's hand at SeaWorld or something. And she just did it perfectly like it's something she'd been thinking about for a long time. It was just flawless execution. She's never done it before, and she never did it since. She did it for me, too. Oh, did she? Well, I was taking stuff by the handful and getting ready to throw it, disperse it out amongst the chickens and ducks. And I had it poised in my hand, and she jumped straight up. Well, how many feet would she do that? be at least four feet up, three and a half, four feet, and Mm -hmm. grabbed it out of my hand. Yeah, they have strong legs. The hens can really, really jump quite a ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got a little grasshopper complex there. Uh, Another notable hen that we have is a little bantam. I don't know what kind of breed, but it's a bird named Dottie. And she's kind of a beigey color with black spots, so she we coined the name Dottie. And why don't you tell the story of how we got Dottie? Well my friend Joanne Beatty from uptown who lives at these apartment this apartment complex, she called me one night about twenty to ten, quarter to ten, and said that there was a chicken there that had been there a couple days that was uh, sitting around somebody's patio on the table and that she was concerned about it because she thought maybe the neighborhood dogs would get it or something and did we want it? I said, well, do you want us to come up and pick it up now? And she said, yeah, if you would. So we went and got her and we brought her in with the rest of our chickens and she is quite the character. She's, um, how would you describe her? She's very perky for one thing. She looks... She's noisy for another thing. She's crows louder than all the rest of them. You can hear her from a distance. If you're approaching the barn, you can sometimes hear her in there crowing away about something. You walk in and it doesn't seem like there's any reason she should be crowing like that. But she's just unhappy about something and she wants to let you know. Speaking of the crowing... It was last year about this time, uh, probably in, actually in May or early June, I was walking down to the river, which is probably 300, 400 feet away from the pens in the barn, and I was looking to see what kind of birds were migrating through. And every year I forget some bird calls. I have to relearn them every year. And I started hearing this loud bird, and I thought, you know, I know that bird, but I can't figure out what it was. And I kept thinking, no, it's not a woodpecker. It's some kind of familiar bird. And as I started walking back toward the barn, I thought, oh, yes, of course, it's a Dottie. 
It's Dottie. Yeah. And she likes to sit up on the edge of the bucket. I don't know how she keeps them falling in, but to get her water, she'll sit on the edge of the bucket and just, she doesn't even look cautious about it. She drinks her water that way and the side of the pool. I've seen her on the mm-hmm. side of the pool. Dipping her little head in. She gets in stranger places than that. Oh, uh, yeah. Our friend uh, Gary, he's our handyman, he wanted to bring his granddaughter Ellie over to see some of our ducks and hens a couple years ago. So when Ellie uh, was there with Gary and Sandy, Gary's wife, we were taking them through the barn, and I wanted to show Ellie Dottie because I thought the little girl would like seeing Dottie, but we couldn't find Dottie anywhere. We just searched up and down, and after Gary left, Linda and I then went in the barn, and we just turned the whole place upside down. We get down. very upset if we can't yeah. find a duck or a chicken because we're afraid that somehow or other they got out the door, and we never like to think of that. So we have a pretty big barn, and we had flashlights, and we were looking in every little nook and cranny, and we just could not find her, and we started having to face what seemed like the inevitable, which is she that out she got out maybe when someone was uh, working in our barn or something. Whatever. They left the door open, and she left. And she can probably fly, don't you think? A lot short distances. Yeah, the smaller hens can fly a little bit. But I forget what it was that made me look. We never did find her that night, though. No. It, no that, the, this was the next day. The next day, somehow, I got a weird idea. And I well, you sure you weren't just getting into the bins? no? Be, I don't think so. I, I we keep our feed in garbage metal, cans, metal garbage cans. Mm-hmm. I lid. think this was probably a plastic one. And I took the lid off, and there was the bag. But something made me look next to the bag, and at the bottom of the feed bin, there was little Dottie, happy as a clam, just sitting there. Now I don't know. Why she never made any noise yeah, or why anything? Did, yeah. why did there, she I don't pom- think there was much for food her. down there. We, um, I was afraid. Oh no, she spent you know twenty four hours or so in there. She's going to be in terrible shape. But I took her out, and uh, there's no problem whatsoever with her. That's probably because when hens sit on eggs, That's it can right. be it can be very dangerous. Certain breeds. Uh, actually, they call it setting on eggs rather than sitting. Certain breeds will set on their eggs and just stay there and not even get off to eat or drink. Mm-hmm. And it's it's bad if, and Dottie's done this before, if they hide themselves away somewhere and set on eggs. They get dehydrated. They get dehydrated. So you have and, to make them get off that nest mm-hmm. and go eat. And in some cases, you have to actually destroy the nest so that they uh, don't go back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, believe it or not, we are running out of time already. Oh, already. We just started talking about hens. We may have to do another show because... Um, we haven't spoken about the zombie hens yet. Oh, Those were yeah. some really scary hens we had. Yep. And about our experiences with Teddy the rooster. That oh, was the one and only yeah. rooster we've had. Yep. Um, so if you have kept chickens as pets, we'd like to have you on and talk about them. Yeah, Why tell not? your chicken stories. And also, if you have other pets other than cats or dogs, and that's uh, there's other shows on Pet Life Radio about cats and dogs, but if you have what's known as exotic pets, which is anything else... Uh, rabbits, lizards, birds, uh, email me at bob at petliferadio.com and let me know that you have some good stories about your animals and that you want to be on the show to talk about them. We'd love to talk to you. So that's it for this week's episode of What Were You Thinking? Thanks to our producers who are in a small hut on the Ross Ice Shelf in Antarctica this week. (laughs) And thank you to our listeners and thanks to you, Linda. Yep, and thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? 
How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.